اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم ان دا نیم آف اللہ دا گریشز دا مسفو السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ پیس بی اپون یو او اینڈ ویلکم ٹو انادر ڈرائیو ٹائم ایڈیشن آن دا ٹیوزڈے ود مائی سیلف ساد اینڈ مائی کور پرزینٹر شریجیل ٹوڈے ویل بی ٹوکنگ اباؤٹ ٹو ویری اسپیشل ٹاپکس ون از ریگارڈنگ گرلس ایجوکیشن اے ڈیوائن کمانڈ اینڈ ان دا سیکنڈ آور وی ویل بی ٹوکنگ اباؤٹ بلیسنگس the cryptocurrency of religion we'll start off with the first um our regarding ghost education a divine command so as you know today is the 24th of jan 2023 and it marks as the international day of education by the united national general assembly hmm. despite education being a human right over the um uh, being a human right over 796 million people adults are unable to attain basic education with two-thirds of them being women. In today's uh, show, we'll be discussing the International Day of Education, the need for education in today's society and the current crisis regarding girls' education in Afghanistan. Hmm. And we are um, also learning regarding nature, history and social condition, uh, conditions of different nations and countries. So, you know, um, Zakari, um, sorry, not Zakari, today is Shajil <laughs> with me today. So, Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. First of all, how are you before we start off into the show? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, just to begin with, peace and blessings of Allah be upon, uh, uh, upon you, of course, and, uh, and of course, all of our listeners as well. It's, like you mentioned, it's, it is going to be an interesting, uh, interesting show that we're going to be speaking about. And it's something which is very, very much important. uh when it comes to when it comes to understanding the teachings of Islam as well indeed there are a lot of things which people don't understand you know pe- i mean people don't understand religion or they're coming away from religion and people are sort of um distancing themselves from any sort of religion in the first place but especially when it comes to the teachings of Islam people are very quick to you know to point fingers people are very quick to actually judge and think that they know the teachings about Islam mm-hmm. when actually they don't even know anything about the teachings of Islam. But also, as you mentioned, that today is the 20, 24th of January, and this actually marks, as you mentioned as well, the International Day of Education by the United Nations General Assembly. And this is something that we are going to be speaking about as well, education as a whole, but also, you know, why it's so important, and also uh, girls' education as well, the education when it comes to women, and how much this is portrayed how much this is emphasized how much this is championed actually by the by the teachings of islam and of course the practices of the holy prophet muhammad peace and blessings of allah be upon him as well so the, all of these things are very very much important and then we're going to be talking about blessings as well but a little bit more about that uh, later on um now we've you know as i mentioned the holy prophet of islam peace and blessings of allah be upon him his character was such that he you know he said that you should attain knowledge from the from the cradle to the grave mm-hmm. so in no point of your life even if you've achieved so much knowledge even if you've achieved a lot of knowledge about a lot of different topics a lot of different subjects you still don't know enough there's always yes. there's always going to be more that that you can learn there's always going to be a new sort of topic a new avenue that you can tap into and and learn that go into this in more detail or whatever so the, i mean knowledge is limitless right and uh, this narration of the holy prophet um goes to show that as soon as a baby is born they start learning yes they they the, the first teacher is you know the parents their mother their parents 
And then obviously the, those people who raise the, that child as well it could be their parents, could be, you know, if they don't have, if there's, if they're an orphan, they may be their uncle, their grandfather, whoever it may be. Then those are their first teachers. And then you know, when the when the child gets older, goes to school, you know, nursery and reception and primary school, secondary school, all these things, all the way up to you know, college, university, passes the university, and then goes into the work, goes into the workforce as well. Even when a person is working, still learning new skills, isn't it? Yes. So you know this this saying of the Holy Prophet is so profound, and uh, Abu Huraira, may God be pleased with him. He was a companion, uh, and he heard. He said that he heard the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, say that the word of a wi- uh, the uh, the word of wisdom is the lost property of a of a of a Muslim, so that wherever he finds it, he should take it, as he is most entitled to it. So no. you know he should he wherever he finds wisdom yes he should find he should, he should attain that he should get that and this doesn't mean that you know some people become so arrogant uh, and they think that you know just because they've done a doctorate just because they've got a masters they've got a university degree they they spent 5 years 7 years maybe 10 years studying something and then they think that they know everything about that mm-hmm. but then even if a small child uh, sends something good um, that clicks in their mind, they they will brush it off. They will say, you know, what does this ch- little child know? What's he telling me? But, you know, sometimes it may happen that even small children, because, you know, they're more uh, inclined towards telling the truth. They don't normally lie anyway. At, well, when You know, when someone gets older and they have an ulterior intention, then sometimes they can, they can lie. Mm-hmm. But children, they don't normally lie. No. Right? So if a child says something, yeah, and that could be, you know, something, an eye-opener for, for an adult. Indeed. That he should take that. Yes, you know, sometimes children ask it su- such simple questions yeah. and you think, wow, this could actually be a question, <laughs> right? This and could be a legit, like, It could of, be actually a proper yeah. question and they ask it in such a simple way that mm. you even understand it and mm. you even digest the whole question and you think, okay, I need to research about it first exactly. then I'm able to tell you. Exactly. And that's the thing with children, that they asks uh, such big questions in such a simple way hmm. that we like uh, even myself and some children have asked me questions mm. I get I'm surprised well this could actually be a question because hmm. this never came in, my, in our minds before so that's the thing with children especially you know and that's why Allah the Almighty always says Rabbi Zidni Ilman hmm. Oh Allah uh, oh my Lord, recre- um, increase me in my knowledge mm. that's why we should always recite this prayer over and over again this is one thing that uh, to attain or gain knowledge, it's um, especially for uh, youngsters. Mm. That is that we should pray every single day towards Allah the Almighty, and then uh, the education will come towards us in our brains, hopefully. You Absolutely. Know, and you know that's the thing. Uh, the first teacher, as you mentioned, is our always our mothers, right? Most mm. of, most of the times. And as remembered the narration from the first caliph of the Ahmadi Muslim community. Mm. He said that he learned the Holy Quran when he was um, in his mom's, uh, in his mother's womb, mm. and because his mother used to recite the Holy Quran, that's Suicide where he, that time, yeah. that's when he learned the Holy Quran. And there are also some, um, um, what's it called? Um, our elders used to say this, you know, um, that if you want to give a child something, give him a book or something, because that, then, then he inclined when he grows up, he will be inclined towards mm. the books, reading, reading exactly. and writing, literature. and understand literature. Mm. That's the that's the correct word. Thank yeah. you so much. <laughs> you know, literature, <laughs> yes, and they've been inclined towards that instead of you know giving them iPads or phones we have nowadays. That's true. Instead of giving that's them true. the technology, give them something which is attainable and for knowledge, 
and then let's see what turns I mean, out obviously, afterwards. Obviously, everything everything has a has its appropriate time. Everything yes. has has a balance as well, and it's important to to have all of these good skills as well and Indeed. inculcate these uh, these skills at a at a young age, um, because you know the the more the more children are are sort of um, into into literature, into reading, into these mm-hmm. sort of uh, habits. Um, they can become hobbies as well. They, the more they will learn as well. Yes. And uh, you know, it's it's important that we have a, v- a vast range of different knowledge. Indeed, well, isn't it? It's not just not just. I mean, obviously, everyone has their own interests. That's mm-hmm. absolutely fine. You know, somebody may be interested in science or biology or whatever it may be. But it's it's, it's always good to have you know a, a broad a broad a vast knowledge about yes. different uh, different things as well. So, so Jili, if, if you don't mind asking, what is International Day of Education, anyways? Yeah, so you know, just like we mentioned in the in the beginning as well, the United Nations General Assembly actually proclaimed twenty fourth twenty fourth of January as the International Day of uh, of Education mm-hmm. um, in in celebration of the role of education for peace and also development. Um, it's it's important that you know with all of these things i mean the the way that these different initiatives are are started mm-hmm. right the mostly most of the time it's it's on a good basis the the you know the groundwork is you know very very positive yes um but sometimes you know along that line we can you know sometimes they forget what the main purpose was now if all of this if this is done for for peace and development it's a very good thing indeed but then we need to understand that with these, with the different uh, things coming in, with 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 society developing, with um, you know technology developing as well, are we becoming more peaceful, or are we becoming you know is there more hatred? Are we are we building walls mm-hmm. instead of bridges uh, to connect each other? Now this year, every year you know there's a, there's a different theme. Now this year's theme is to invest in people, prioritize. Education. Wow. So very good. That's it. I mean, that's the thing. It's, it's it's very good. It's a good initiative. Uh, it's a good way to actually bring people together, prioritize education, and this is important because we see that in different countries, some people, you know, uh, women as well, mm-hmm. they they they're becoming, they're not giving, they're not being given their due rights as well. I mean, if we look at um, Afghanistan as well, that's a you know that's a prime example. Yes. Uh, uh, for this. Um, I believe it was, you know, the age of 12 or 14, something like that. After that, women are not allowed to, yes. or girls, mm-hmm. you know, they're not women at that time. The girls um, are not allowed to pursue or pursue their education. education. And then when they become women, they, you know, they, they're illiterate then, in, in a sense. In yes. a sense. You know, um, UNICEF has uh, published an article on the 12th August uh, 2022, that they said the title was stating depriving girls of secondary educa- education translates to a loss of a le- of uh, of at least 500 million US dollars for Afghan economy in the last 12 months you know this is this was the title which UNICEF has written mm. for the 12th uh, 14th of August 2022 saying that um, because of the education um like now there is going to be a loss of 500 million US dollars for the economy of Afghanistan hmm. so where a economy is already um, at, at its weak point because of less education um, they will be um, the women will be unable to teach um, the children on because the, as we all, as we mentioned start that mothers are always the first teachers they're the ones who give you the moral training you know I was reading um, 
a book called Paradise Under Your Feet, and it's available on alislam.org also, and where um, it is mentioned that uh, Khalifa al-Masih II, may Allah be mm. pleased with him, ex- the second caliph, yeah. and he explained that Allah Almighty has bestowed a special aptitude for this task on mothers because they are uh, they have the uh, capacity to resist Satan. And Hazul and states a further on, if a woman decides that she is going to make the future generation righteous hmm. rather than barbaric, then how can Satan capture them? So a woman is able to mold the children in such a way that they can brighten the future or collapse the future. So mothers have a really big task in front of them. So that's the thing. Um, when I was reading this um, book, hmm. I, I was surprised, okay, that, that's actually how serious it is. And you know, there's a saying that the paradise lies under the feet of your mother, right? Mm. And the, uh, by the Holy Prophet Sallallahu peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, stating this. Now, that doesn't mean that okay, it's uh, literally underneath the feet of um, the heavens, under, underneath the feet, mm. but it's um, if the women, uh, the mothers, um, give the children such an um, environment, such a great place that actually they are the role models of the children and they believe, yes, that woman, uh, their mother, hmm. is such a pious lady that yes, um, that actually the um, heaven is underneath the feet of the mothers. Absolutely. So that's that. I, I was surprised when when Hazu was stating this. Like, wow, this hmm. is it's a, powerful. It's, it's, it's a powerful it's, it's, it's thing. Very powerful. And then you understand the role the mothers have, and then you even respect them even more because of this role. Even we do respect our parents, but after us reading this, and then when you have the understanding, you just yes, you just have them some, more. Sometimes it happens because you meet them on a date on a day to, uh, on a daily basis. For for myself, I meet them on a, on a daily basis because mm. I live with them, right? Mm. Then obviously it, it becomes normal. And you see your mother, okay, alaikum, how are you? And all this. Mm. And but when you read about it, then it revives all the things which your parents or your mother has been doing for you, even though you're twenty five years old. Mm. They the the way they look after you. This is, is for them. Okay, you're still one year old to them, or just you, you're like a newborn to them. That's how much they care for you. It's an it's an it's definitely an an, an eye opener as well. Indeed, um, a reality a reality, a reality check. check. That's <laughs> correct. Well. That's the correct word. We'll speak. We'll continue this uh, as well. But uh, before that, let's uh, let's speak to our guest who is on the line with us, Dr. Janice, uh, who's the founder of uh, BWG Business Solutions. Peace be upon you. Good afternoon and welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? Hi, thank you so much for joining us. Yes, we're doing great. How are you this, this afternoon? I'm doing well. It's a little cold, <laughs> but I'm doing good. <laughs> it's cold. Yeah, definitely. It is It is quite cold as well. Um, to begin with, uh, could you just tell us, uh, for the benefit of our listeners, a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do and what your aims and objectives are? Yeah, sure. So I own a, I started a consultancy almost five years ago called BWG Business Solutions, and Mm. I work with organizations and institutions to provide guidance and strategies around creating a diverse and equitable and inclusive environment for all employees. Mm. And so I provide guidance for leaders, and I also do workshops and trainings around those specific topics. Interesting, interesting. Now, Compared to compared to previous years, do you believe that we've uh, we've increased in understanding inclus- inclusivity, or do you think that you know there's still more there still needs to be more awareness in regards to this as well? I think that we understand diversity. I don't think that we understand inclusivity. I think 
people assume that having people from different races and religions and backgrounds in a workplace means that we have inclusivity. But I think that having those people present doesn't mean that they feel that sense of inclusion and doesn't mean that they're staying. And so I think that we still don't quite have an understanding of what inclusivity means, but because it's so difficult to measure and it's not tangible, it's Mm. not something we could see, people usually chase diversity because it's something we can actually count. Right, right. And now that you know more women are out in the field and and there's an increase of uh, is an increase of female workers uh, uh, as well who are actually going to work as well could could this be a possible threat to males which which could lead to possible conflicts within companies you know where they may commit acts of uh, sometimes you know they may be racist or oppression do you think that could happen um i don't think so i think that um, more women being having the ability to work is actually a good thing. I think if you are in a partnership between a male and a female, you know, I think that it's in any partnership, regardless of the gender, it's better to have two people working because the costs and the prices of everything are going up. So I do mm-hmm. think that the women being able to have the same opportunities as their male counterparts is actually a good thing. Um, But with the rise of the Me Too movement, which, you know, several years ago gained popularity, I do see that there are fears that some men have with working with women and interacting with women and being open to mentoring women. Men aren't always as open now to have those mentorship relationships because of the... The, you know, the relationship sometimes between men and women can get yeah. misunderstood or misconstrued, especially yeah. a, a working relationship. Hmm. Yeah, that's very understandable. Um, wh- now, you've written, you've written a book, The Pink Elephant. What, what was the purpose of uh, titling uh, it that? And also, what does it, what does it cover? Yeah, so, um, so I wrote that book after the murder of George Floyd, we, you know, a lot of people mm. reached out to me and said, how do you address racism, but in the workplace, right? Because there was so many books on just what racism is, you know, how it manifests, but there mm. weren't a lot of books that specifically talked about racism in the workplace. So I've been writing for a while now, and I always say that racism is like a pink elephant, Right. Mm. So imagine you're sitting in a room and a hot pink elephant walks in and we pretend that we don't see the hot pink elephant. But imagine how difficult it is to ignore a hot pink elephant that walks into a room. So that's the same thing as race, Mm. where people say, I don't see color, I don't see race, but it's impossible to not see those sorts of outward distinguishers, you know, that people have. So the purpose of titling it The Pink Elephant was to really say that race is like the pink elephant in the room where we pretend that we don't see it, but it's there. And by continuing to ignore it, we will continue to have the same problems that we've been having for hundreds and hundreds of years. So we have to really recognize that racism is an issue and work collectively to try to change that. And so that's really what the book focuses on. Interesting, interesting. 
Now, as it is the International Day of uh, Education, would you like to give any any messages um, or any message to 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 our listeners? Yeah, I would just say that it's never too late to to get an education. I think if you never went to you know formal college or universities or school, it's mm-hmm. never too late to go back. And the education doesn't stop once you leave school. You know, there's always, I have so many books that I'm like trying to read and planning to read and mm-hmm. the education never stops. So I think it's important for us all to be looking for ways to continue to educate ourselves, even if that's not necessarily like a formal school or university. Mm. Wonderful, wonderful. Dr. Janice, thank you so much for, for joining us this afternoon. It's been, a, it's been very interesting and a pleasure to speak to you. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was wonderful to chat. Thank you. Bye-bye. Now, that was uh, Dr. Janice and a very, very interesting uh, talk uh, with her as well, isn't yes. it? And uh, some, some interesting points which she, which she raised as well. It's never too late. It's never too late to, to actually achieve education. education. That's what we spoke about uh, in the beginning uh, of our show as well, that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, he said that, you know, seek knowledge from the for, uh, from the cradle to the grave. So yes. every part of your life, you're, 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 you're in education. Um, so, you know, it's, it's important that we, that we remember these uh, that we remember these things as well. Um, there's also another. There's also another saying of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, where he said that it's incumbent upon every Muslim man and every Muslim woman to attain to attain an education. Yes. Now, how how powerful is that, isn't it? It's that's actually a command to actually go out. It's not a choice. You have to. You have achieve to achieve an education to be literate, to be to cheat, to teach. To have skills, but then also teach the the next generation as well, isn't it? Yes, you know, and even His Holiness as a Khalifatul Masih the fifth, may Allah yeah. strengthen his hand. He also said regarding a, a on a occasion where the uh, on a women's um, gathering, yeah. he said this. You know, um, um, in the terms of education, um, His Holiness said that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, has placed great emphasis mm. on the education of girls. However, during the late 19th and early 20th century girls and women had little access to education and particularly uh, very few Muslim girls had the opportunity to pursue secular and or religious education. You know, when when Holy Prophet, uh, when His Holiness was quoting Holy Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, may Allah, um, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And then he said that uh, his, um, the Holy Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has emphasize on girls education because he he knew that they are the, the future who will be um, bringing up um, the children with moral yeah. training yeah. and with education to to make them better f- um, for the uh, next generation and from th- that carries on as a legacy right exactly. so, so if you're not education um, educating the women uh, as such then how can the uh, future generation, the generation be reformed be. right that's exactly. the thing so to reform a nation, you have to re- reform the youth first. There was a saying of this um, of of the second caliph um, of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. He said that if you want to reform a nation, you have to reform the youth first, right? Mm. If the if if you're unable to reform the youth or educate them properly, how can they reform mm. the nation then? Yeah, obviously when they when they grow up, then yes. if they you know if they if they're illiterate, then you know it, it, it puts themselves into a difficult uh, position, isn't it? That's very correct, and that's why you always have to say. Um, oh my Lord, increase me in knowledge. That's the mm. one thing we should be praying over and over again. Is uh, even for our listeners um, that 
if you say that these um, words, obviously, and then um, Allah the Almighty will um, give you um, more strength with education. Now, and now we'll turn towards our second guest, Kamal Inam, who is a representative of the Ahmadiyya Muslim Women's Student Association and a politics and international relations student. With this small introduction, I would like to welcome Sister Kamal to the show. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you for having me. Um, I wanted to ask um, if you can tell our listeners what does Ahmadiyya Muslim Studi- uh, Student Association even mean and what, what's, what's the aim and purpose? Yeah, so the Ahmadiyya Muslim Women's Student Association or AMWASA um, is essentially what it says it does. It brings together Ahmadiyya Muslim women mm-hmm. who are students from all over the UK and it helps connect students um, and provide spiritual knowledge um, as well as a way to connect students um, through a number of events they hold. So they um, hold a, a number of academic events mm-hmm. as well as events where they celebrate, for example, International Women's Day. Um, and essentially the aim of the organization mm-hmm. is to provide support for these Andy Muslim women um, we were recently given a new motto by Sonia, um, which is Excel in Knowledge. Um, and due to that, we just support um, students from all ages and all stages mm-hmm. um, with as much support as we can. So, for example, we help A-level students with their personal statements. We help um, university students um, with connecting with other um, students at their university. We help um, GCSE students connect to um, people who are um, studying subjects that they aspire to um, study in the future. Mm-hmm. So essentially, AMWASA is there to support students at all stages of their education. Um, and yeah. And also, um, for a listener, if you can help, does um, AMWASA also um, give training to the students out so they can help um, the future generation? Yeah, so we um, we provide a lot of career talks um, and how to build things like your CV or your personal statement, cover letters, etc. Mm-hmm. So it's not just during your education, but also um, past it and um, when you are looking for jobs. So it is really a support network um, throughout your life. Okay, and if you can um, summarize, um, what is the importance of um, um, of girls' education, and if um, if it impacts um, on various industries? Yeah, sure. So I think um, before I even highlight that, I think the biggest um, point of girls being educated is it not only helps various industries, mm-hmm. but also themselves, um, they're so much more aware of their rights, especially when it comes to um, domestic and sexual abuse. Okay. Um, but women who do have access to education also have a greater awareness of politics and they have a better um, idea of their confidence in their ability to lead. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember during the pandemic, um, there was like a study which showed that female-led countries handle coronavirus better mm-hmm. um, because their leadership style is completely different. They're more empathetic um, 
and many do criticize people um, and females to be a bit uh, to have a lot of empathy but that can really help when it comes to issues of COVID-19 mm-hmm. where we needed to lock down earlier and those countries that were female-led um, were um, uh, were better at um, dealing with COVID um, because they locked down earlier. Um, so essentially, it, it, girls' education not only helps so many industries out there. I could talk about how it impacts so many different industries, mm-hmm. but it really helps themselves too, um, especially when it comes to being more wealthy, their bright, their health, nutrition etc uh, that's well it's well correctly said that um f- is for their own betterment also but what is um uh, some faces or hurdles um the um, girls are facing to gain a, um, access to education um i would say a big thing is gender bias or patriarchy mm-hmm. um it would be hard for me to ignore and answer this question without talking about what's happening in afghanistan Mm-hmm. um i the the indefinite ban um of university education for women from the um the Taliban recently mm-hmm. is really appalling because they are using and justifying their means um of banning edu- of university education due to Islam but i think we can all affirm it that Islam really does um ec- uh, encourage um education for women and um and males mm-hmm. so i think it really is gender bias and trying to really um get rid of the patriarchy and i think that is the biggest barrier that we are facing at the moment i would also say financial barriers okay. um many countries around the world don't provide education for free so and it's not just a barrier for girls but i think it's super important for girls to get education um and i think financial barriers and gender bias and patriarchy is a big issue that we are facing exactly and also as you're a member and representative of the ambassador would you like to tell our listeners anything before we let you go regarding education for girls sorry could could you repeat that did you, um if you have any uh, final words regarding um education on on a whole for girls uh, uh, for our listeners yeah sure i think i think one thing i would say to all girls is don't ever um second guess yourself have your confidence and continue to um gain as much as educa- education as you want education never stops mm-hmm. uh, no matter whether you're in school or not um and be confident in yourself. Zee, Zakla, Zakla for the wisdom. Zakla, thank you for having me. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. So this was Sister Kamal Inam who is a representative of the Ambassa and she also mm. mentioned that education never stops, right? Yeah. So as Dr. Janice mentioned that education doesn't stop at one point, that education carries on even as you've mentioned that if um, education at, at its all, it will never finish. You, we might pass away but education that there are so many aspects of different areas that if you try to um, finish one aspect it opens up mm. uh, a different door for you and then when if you finish that for example then another different a different area or a different angle comes out from that very subject so the education has so many various um lines and um what's it called 
doors that if you just start exploring them they open up more and more doors for you mm. and even when she said said what's it called um during covid-19 that well educated uh, women were better off right and they were able to teach even more of um um other people and this was um one great thing and even um ambassador has been given a new motto ss excel in knowledge mm. right ahmedi muslim women um student association has been given this new motto saying excel in knowledge that means which um, cr- um gain more knowledge right rabbi okay. zidni ilman that oh, oh my lord increase me in my knowledge so that's the one thing we should always remember that we should pray this um um as um, um regarding what allah allah, allah the almighty has stated in the holy quran so and you know um she also touched upon um um afghanistan crisis right mm, the girls yeah. education so regarding uh, so we were talking about that we were talking about that before so yes. wasn't it so in in afghanistan as we know that the, the taliban has took power you know took over the power mm-hmm. has uh, or seized power as all well, um from the government in august 2021 and uh, it's, it continues to impose numerous uh, rules and policies violating a wide range of fundamental rights um for for you know for everyone but for women for young girls uh you know in, including freedom of movement right to work uh you know having 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 a normal livelihood and access to education and healthcare as well there are so many violations which the taliban is actually is actually committing over there as well yes and in march 2022 the taliban actually announced that women and girls uh would continue to be barred from secondary education uh it a, a decision that drew widespread criticism and statements of concern from uh from across from across the globe of course that was going to happen as well and then in december the barring of women from all of afghanistan's universities was also announced uh by them by them as well no. um so th- this goes entirely entirely against the teachings of islam i mean our guest also spoke about this as well yes but you know it's it's important um for us to understand that this is their own doing if they're doing this this is their own doing they just because they may say that they belong to any particular religion or whatever i don't think any religion would actually preach this mm-hmm. um no religion would teach you know would teach uh, that you know this teaching but the holy quran tells us the, the you know the holy prophet peace and blessings of allah be upon him he has told us that uh, the pursuit of knowledge is a duty to every muslim man and woman is 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 a duty upon us we have to achieve an education so that we can uh learn all of these good things we can learn knowledge we can have a wide um span of knowledge as well we can also we can be literate we can be uh you know moral with these uh we, we, you know with this with this knowledge but then also pass it down to the to the next generation as well make sure that they are also uh literate as well um so achieving an education is not just good on our part but also good on for the next generation as yes. well as we spoke about before uh, as well um In regards to this, let's uh, speak to our next guest, Anam Islam, who's a lawyer. Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you. Good afternoon and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Now, addressing the issue in Afghanistan regarding the um regarding girls' education, why do you why do you think girls are always girls and women are being uh, targeted as well? Do you think that maybe the males they 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 think or that you know the the women may threaten them? uh because they may gain more knowledge or is it just because they don't know 
uh, the teachings of Islam or or what something else? I think it's a combination of the last two things that uh, you just brought up. Uh, first and foremost, the entire administration system in Afghanistan right now, it, despite the fact that they claim to be truly Islamic and based on Islamic teachings, and now they're really reintroducing Islam to Afghanistan, they're in no way following the true Islamic teachings at all in any way of governing. Um, secondly, uh, they are definitely threatened that by girls getting education, they will learn about their rights. One thing is that the rights that they have just as a woman, but first and foremost, the rights that God has given them through the Holy Quran, uh, through the Holy Quran because Afghanistan is a Muslim country. Yeah. And by women being educated, they will find out what their true position in society is, the importance that God has given them, the importance that the, the world has given them. And they fear that by knowing the, knowing their true position, they will outcompete them. They will, in any way, take over or become true leaders or something like that. Just a backwards-minded uh, way of thinking, where they think that women uh, having a seat at the table is going to take away their position in society, uh, unfortunately, and um, they will know too much and they will know what they are allowed to do. They will know about their rights in regards to um, inheritance. They will know about their rights in regards to their home life. They will know about their rights in regards to uh, the way they are allowed to live life in general. Mm -hmm. And they don't want them to know that because if they know about all these things, who will they control? How will they be in charge? Uh, they don't want a society where men and women are able to have an equally important voice. They want a society where the only voice being heard is the male voice. So mm. that is definitely why they have decided, or that's why they have actually been cracking down on girls' education ever since they even existed as an organization, Taliban. Yeah. Um, now, this could the Taliban's uh, new rule um, potentially increase the employability gap? We know that there's a lot of people who are mm. unemployed, but then could that mm. increase because of this as well? What are some of the Absolutely. factors? Absolutely, because uh, Afghanistan has never uh, not been an economically strong country in uh, newer days in general, and the impact on employment, different firm sectors, is going to be quite severe. Um, obviously, women workers are being harmed. Um, even before these events, women's labor force participation wasn't very uh, high by any means, but they were still running uh, quite many sectors, for instance, in agriculture, the manufacturing of textile and clothes, as well as certain public administrations, certain social services. Uh, we had some hospitals had female doctors, female nurses, and they were all a crucial part of the entire system. And by removing their right to work, removing their right to have an education, all of these sectors are now struggling quite a lot. And there have been written many reports about how they already they are seeing that more than hundred thousands of jobs have been lost in 2022, and they are projecting more jobs to um, to be gone because of all of this, because the pushing all these people out of employment is due to the change in administration and also the economic crisis in general. And by redeeming certain uh, professions as being unnecessary, they are making it harder for themselves to create a society that is well-maintained and well-balanced. And this is unfortunately going to increase the crime rate because people will not have, many people will lose 
something that was giving them a purpose in their daily life in terms of a worldly purpose, in terms of having something to do, being uh, an asset to society, being helpful, being able to live their dreams about their profession, um, their educational dreams, their professional dreams, taking all of it, all of that away from them, taking away something that was keeping them busy is unfortunately going to make them prone to maybe becoming a part of things that are less good, uh, things that might be evil to society, unfortunately. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate as well. Um, mm. Do you believe that patriarchy still still plays a prominent factor in today's society and, you know, the conflicts faced by women? I mean, not just I'm not just talking about um, mm. Afghanistan or the developing countries, but also the developed countries as well. Yeah, absolutely. I still believe patriarchy exists. Um, just in the Western world, for instance, mm. we still see patriarchy. We still, I still catch a lot of people say stuff like, oh, a male leader is better than a female leader because there will be less emotions or there will be less drama, etc., etc. And I even call, catch women saying those things. Um, we see that in many, uh, still in the professional sector just for instance in the country where i live in norway women still earn a lot less than men men are able to earn much more in for instance just as if i look at myself the profession that i belong to Mm. male lawyers um earn a lot more and they reach higher ranks much quicker than women do so Mm. there is still patriarchy definitely still exists and it's because over time, culture has represented particular ideas, customs, and social behavior that has all become dominant reasons for gender inequalities. And certain levels of class has pushed those gender inequalities um, towards the fact that we think that there needs to be a certain significant structure uh, where men need to hold specific leadership positions and women can't hold those positions or men need to have a bigger voice or uh, more to say and women shouldn't have more to say Hmm. and uh, so the the patriarchy unfortunately exists and also because of the fact that religion doesn't play a big role in uh, today's world specifically in the western world where we see that more and more people are moving away from god and uh, if i'm I truly believe that if everyone was Muslim and followed the true Islamic teachings, we wouldn't mm. have patriarchy. Uh. And uh, But unfortunately, that's not the case. People don't follow the true teachings of any religion, to be honest, right now, yeah. and um, except for a certain, certain groups. So that is also making all these social, cultural ideas, just keeping hold, keep making them... Yeah, not making them weak by any means. They're they're still there. They're still strong, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean it is it is unfortunate as well. But from from a human rights perspective, and as someone you know who, who works with you know who who works for justice as well, could, could do you think that we can ever see a world where um, there there is equality with male mm. and females in in society as in a just way, in in an Islamic way, not not what these mm. you know Western people think equality mm. is. Mm. I hope so, but to be completely honest, I don't see it happen unless I know I'm going to probably, for some people, I'm going to sound very religious or maybe too extreme of religion bit right now because, but I have obviously studied law, I've studied human rights, I I'm work in that environment on a daily, I've been doing so for 10 years now, and I have yet to see any breakthrough ideas 
um, that is going to create a world where we see true equality or true, if not equality, to to just acknowledge the fact that women are equally important as men. Mm. I'm yet to see a breakthrough idea that is going to make that change. Every year we talk about how in October women, uh, women will be working for free for the rest of the year because they still earn less than men. Or uh, we talk about how, for instance, just to, just to, as an example, just recently, um, the the, uh, New Zealand, uh, the prime minister in New Zealand said yeah. that she's not going to uh, come back as, as she doesn't want to get re-elected. And we've seen here in Norway as well many amazing, amazing female candidates that were uh, looking to be future prime ministers of Norway have said that they don't want to be prime minister. They've all drawn back because they say that there's still not enough space for a female leader. There are certain aspects of the way the political world works that doesn't acknowledge that women need a specific way, uh, that women need a specific entrance or whatever. But so I've yet to, I, I honestly don't see anyone sitting here coming up with any amazing ideas on how all these things can be solved. But at the only place where I see those ideas or those, the way we can achieve that is in the Holy Quran in Islam. And unless people uh, turn to God and truly understand the meaning of life and truly understand why they are placed on earth and what the purpose of our life is and how we're supposed to treat each other, how we're supposed to be within ourselves, how we're supposed to reform ourselves, how we're supposed to treat everyone just, how every worker is supposed to be given their due pay, how gender isn't going to be uh, a prominent factor in, in, in these kind of things. Unless we acknowledge all of that, I don't see it happen. Mm. Unfortunately, it's, it's very sad to say, but there has to be. I don't see any revolutionary ideas right now being presented. All I see is people just stating facts about things that we already know that there is inequality. Yeah, and uh, yeah. I mean, hopefully, hopefully, mm. everyone you know listens to listens to His Holiness, um, you mm. know, uh, talking, you know, championing or um, talking about these oh, uh, different uh, things as well, and the solution mm. given to us by by Islam as well. And um, thank you so much for joining us uh, all the way from Norway. Uh, thank you for your for your input. Assalamualaikum, peace be upon you. Um, with that, let's um, let's move to our next uh, our next guest, who's on the line with us as well, Mufliha Ahmed, who's a uh, doctoral student in uh, in education. Assalamualaikum, peace be upon you, and welcome to the show. Assalamualaikum, how are you? How's everyone at the show today? Everyone's everyone's doing good. Everyone's great, and thank you so much for for joining us. Um, what should um, organisations such as the UN prioritise as we celebrate International Day of uh, of Education? Um, it's a really great question, and I was listening to your uh, previous guest speaker from Norway, I believe, and I think I'd have to agree with her, um, her several points about it is all about this is happening and this isn't happening and these are the facts, but there's nothing much that's changing. And I think the United Nations need to do more to encourage education. Um, to be able to encourage education, we need to change mindsets, we need to educate the older generation so that they can let the younger generation educate. Um, and I think that's one of the key factors. Mm. Unfortunately, it's one of those vicious cycles. Education will lead to education, and it, if you can't get into the first step of educating the elders, the, the people that make the decisions, then it's not going to make impact um, at ground level. 
Uh, thank you, thank you for that. And I, I, you know, I think, I mean, I think we we also agree with the, you know what our previous guest uh, said as well. What you just reiterated. Um, now, how 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 much of a role do parents play uh, in education um, for 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 children as well? Especially the fact that sometimes we see that parents they they want their child to go in a specific um, avenue. They want their child to go, you know, become a doctor or become a dentist or become an engineer or whatever. But maybe their child wants to do something else. Um, so how, how important is, you know, the, 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 the parent's role in this? I think there's a lot of uh, different issues that you've touched upon there. Mm. Um, I think parents have a massive role in educating their children. As parents, we need to be role models ourselves. We need to educate further. And, you know, as uh, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, has said, um, that we need to continue learning until we are in the grave. And we need to show that as a role model so that our children can follow and continue educating and feel that learning is that important um, and that necessary. Because without that, no nation can develop, no, you know, no progress can be made because education is the key. Learning is the key. Hmm. Separate issue that you've spoken about is about parents choosing avenues for their children mm-hmm. um, to go to. I mean, all fair and well, I think that's fantastic. It gives children a motivation um, and an aim, a goal to work towards. And if they are capable and if that's what they want to do, that's brilliant. Hmm. I think um, especially in the in parents from the East, so I'm going to say East because I think this is true (laughs) for China, Japan, India, Pakistan, um, lots of countries in the East where parents do pick pick, uh, professions, but actually the child doesn't necessarily want to do that and that that can be a hindrance and doesn't allow them to work appropriately. Yeah. Um, it doesn't allow them to work properly. And it, it, because of it, um, sorry, I just got interrupted. I'm still oh, at sorry. school <laughs> in the classroom. It, it doesn't allow them to fulfill their potential. And I'll use my own example. Um, as with all um, Eastern parents, my parents also wanted me to become a doctor. Hmm. Um, and since I can remember, I've always wanted to be a teacher. Um, <laughs> okay. And I have. And and I did get into, um, I did, my parents did kind of push me into, right, you're applying for medicine, and I applied for medicine, and I didn't get in, and then they were like, oh, well, you've got to do something health-related, so then I applied for pharmacy, and I didn't get in, and, you know, by the grace of God, um, my wish got fulfilled, because I have become a teacher, um, and I'm, I'm now studying on a doctorate of education, you can be um, the best of any um, subject, any specialism that you want to do, mm. so that's really important. Um, and I think that, you know, had I not gone through all those hurdles, I might not have been able to get there, I might not have been able to get my parents to let me do it without having failed those <laughs> avenues. Um, and, you know, I'm good at being a teacher. This is something that I really enjoy and I'm good at it. So I think that parents also need to give leeway and see where the, where the achievements and the potential of the children lie, where their interest is, because... I think for most people, it is very hard to do a job that you do not love hmm. and you don't have any passion for. So I think that is one major factor. No, I think that's uh, that's very that's very much important as well. And you know, it's like you mentioned, it's you know, it's it's important that we don't sort of you know look down upon um, different things as well. I mean, if our parents want to want us to do something, but maybe we want to do something else, uh, it's important for. 
um, you know, for everyone to be inclusive and uh, be, be 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 willing to different things as well, different avenues, also. But yeah. you know, it, it's been a pleasure speaking to you, and uh, good luck in your in your doctoral um, uh, education uh, as well, and of course, being uh, being a teacher. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye bye. Thanks. Now, all of our all of our guests uh, today have you know mainly. Given the same sort of message, yes. isn't it? Given, given the same message, pursue in your edu- pursue education. In your education, and uh, you know whatever you have passion for. Yes. Um, try your best to achieve that, isn't it? You know that be- the main and basic fundamental right of a human being should yeah. be education, because that will open up um, you know doors for him or her. Yeah. In the in in his late uh, in, in in as as he grows up. Right, and you know, as Absolutely. Nelson Mandela has said, one um, education is the most powerful weapon we can use to change the world. And you know, without education, you won't be able to change anything, right? Because you need education to be able to understand what's even happening in that very particular field. Hmm. So it could be, for example, being a mechanic, right? You say, oh, you you don't need to write anything, or you don't have to learn anything. But education is how to actually even take out. The brake pads, or how to change the tires, mm. or how to change, you know, an alternator. That's also education. Of course, it's a physical, it is. Of course, p- it is. physical way. But people will say, "Oh, yeah, it's fine." But they they won't need it. But that's also education. Yeah. So education plays a key role to be able to excel in your field. In, in any in any sort of field as well. Yes. Now you know the topic of education is so important. Um, that you know, God Almighty has you know taught us a prayer, which you have mentioned throughout the show as well. Yes. Uh, which is oh my lord, <coughs> oh my lord, increase me in knowledge. Now, there's uh, there's another verse in the Holy Quran which I just want to mention as well. There's a the, the last part of the verse is that uh, Allah the Almighty mentions, and this is from chapter thirty five, verse twenty nine. Only those of His servants, you know, go, talking about God Almighty's servants, mm-hmm. who possess knowledge, fear Allah. Verily, Allah is mighty, most forgiving. So, this this means that the main purpose of education. Is not just to achieve that education and then have a good job and then earn a lot of money and have a good standard of living. Of course, that's that comes with it. But the main thing is what Allah Ta'ala mentions over here, that we must fear Allah Ta'ala. We must fear God Almighty. We must have this realization realization of God that He is the one who possesses all of knowledge. Yes. We must also love Him so much and also at the same time fear Him as well. Um, and all of the different knowledge that we gain, this needs to ultimately everything, you know, leads to God. Yes. Everything. If we took, if we look at the ladder, if we look at, you know, who 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 gave us this education? Oh, it was that professor. Where did he get it from? He learned it from someone else. He learned it from someone else. All the way, it would just lead to, you know, it, ultimately the end person or the end being would be God Almighty. Yes. Because out of him, all the other different avenues of knowledge sprung out from as well that's correct. So it's important that we remember this you know the the, the, uh, the topic of education is so vast mm. and if we are unable to cover it in, in general it's just <laughs> a thing. short time that's the thing. and you know education is a key and and fundamental right for human beings and if, uh, what i would say because yeah. we're reaching the end of the show now yeah and education educating the children it, because they are the future of uh, um of the next generation and mm. they will be teaching them so we should be guiding them and also telling them okay this is the proper way of doing something Absolutely. and then that's why this is um education for um our um generations which will follow and then they will be uh, be uh, they they will be able to reform 
that generation and then they can reform the generation after that that's the final words i would like to say before we yeah, end the I show mean, it, it is i mean our guests uh, also you know spoke about this as well and it's important that we spoke to female guests as well all yes. of our guests today were female <laughs> and talking about how it's uh, you know it's important for girls to achieve an education as well it's not just important it's it's a duty yes. and anyone who takes away that right of any human being whether it be a boy or a girl especially girls um then then they they they're coming in the way of god almighty as well they're taking the law into their their, their own hands and that's completely that's completely wrong uh, so obviously we condemn that and hopefully you know circumstances change as well as the world uh, as we move forward as well but uh, that's the we'll conclude this first part of the show join us after the break where we will talk about our next topic after the news break a new station the voice of islam with live discussions religion and culture understand the true teachings of islam with the voice of islam auz billahi minash shaitanir rajim bismillahir rahmanir rahim in the name of allah the gracious the merciful assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu peace and blessings of allah be upon you all and welcome back to the second hour of today's drive time show and we'll be talking regarding blessings the cryptocurrency of religion you know allah the almighty states verily allah is with those who are righteous and those who do good the blessings are derived from the good deeds that we as human beings carry out blessings are a hopeful investment for the next life with no guarantees however does our accumulated vault of blessings perhaps lead us astray from doing good because we cannot see those blessings so join us today uh, as we speak regarding blessings um what how does religion religion um actually help you do good and you know i when i was thinking about it what is even blessings right to our listeners what do you think what blessing is or if you have any incidents you want to relate to us regarding um how allah bestowed his blessings upon you you can contact us on 0208-687-7878 or you can tweet us on Voice of Islam UK or visit our website on www.voiceofislam.co.uk and let us know your story how Allah the Almighty bestowed his blessings upon you and what um, happened and how it happened you know and to our listeners the question is what are blessings right so um, blessings are a form of divine grace or favors that are granted to an individual or a group of people by a higher power they can come in many forms such as financial abundance good health and even spiritual enlightenment in islam blessings are believed to be bestowed upon those who are obedient to the teachings of god and live their lives according to his commandment and one way to gain blessings in islam is through the practice of charity according to the teachings of islam um giving to those in need is a way to demonstrate one's um, devotion to allah the almighty and seek his favor you know and in the f- second chapter of the holy quran allah the almighty states in the very start that you um you should pray and give charity or go give out of what allah has provided you so we always pray to allah the almighty for uh, for the helps we need and and we should be also helping um out those who are in need um of our help because allah the almighty has made us the mode or the way that they will be helped out 
and yeah, I remembered a story of an old man uh, regarding blessings. He used to pray for a very long time to Allah the Almighty, asking um, his. Um, he used to pray to him um, for a very, very long time, and then a student of his asked him once, "Why, the, uh, why do you pray to um, Allah the Almighty if He's not listening to you?" And, um, and the teacher of his replied that my work is to pray to Allah the Almighty. And his, and his work is to provide when it's the perfect time. And as soon as this happened, Allah the Almighty bestowed all the past for how long he was praying for, that all that his all prayers were accepted. And and this is how, what the mercy of Allah is. If you're consistent in um, praying towards Allah the Almighty, and the blessings will come in its due time when the time is correct. Or we might not see how the blessings are even fulfilled. Sometimes we don't even know that Allah, um, Allah, the, Allah, Allah the Almighty's blessings are working for us. But And we think, okay, there might be some time, there's a delay somewhere. But be consistent, pray to Allah the Almighty and Allah the Almighty will provide you um, with the answers and with the correct time, He will let you know this is the correct time and this is how it should be fulfilled. Likewise, you know, this was a consistent way of... Um, remembering Allah and that that was his struggle and getting um um and uh, getting his answers um to 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 his prayers and regarding this um another way of gaining blessings in Islam is through the practice of prayer muslims are encouraged to pay several times a day so Allah the Almighty has given us the command that we should pray and we pray five times a day or even at night or in an early morning before that's your um, uh, that's your extra prayers which we pray, and that's we call it the Hajjud in the morning, and mm-hmm. you play um, a nawafil uh, especially at the, uh, a the nawafil voluntary prayers. Voluntary prayers. Yes, I was mm-hmm. I was looking for that word. I couldn't remember voluntary word. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's the thing. Um, my recovery, you know, you see sometimes does get um, weakened up from being German. <laughs> 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 it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Zach love for um, um, helping me in finding that word. You know. So Allah the Almighty has given us another way. There are different ways of praying, and what's it called? Um, different ways of gaining blessings. One is to, if you give charity. One is to praying towards Allah the Almighty, and also you know when you're talking about first um, in the first hour regarding education, mm-hmm. providing education. That's another way of gaining blessings because you're providing a service which Allah Allah the Almighty has bestowed upon you, mm-hmm. and then you're providing it towards the um, people or the nation. So that you're fulfilling the second uh, right of Allah the Almighty that. Being hakukul ibad, which means, Sajid Sab. Yeah, the rights of uh, the, the rights of mankind, isn't the, it? The rights of mankind. That's correct. Yeah. So I was, no, I was just <laughs> testing there. Okay, if you know your vocabulary. <laughs> so no, yeah, no, it's it's important as you mentioned that you know when we, especially when it comes to education as well as we were talking about in the first hour. Yes. Um, it, it it is a it is a form of charity as well because the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him has also said that if you you know if you do a, a good thing. Right, and uh, you give that, you pass that on to to someone else, you know. Uh, that person will also benefit from that from that knowledge and for you know for, from that pious act mm-hmm. or that that good deed as well. And then that person will not just limit to limit uh, to, to 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 his or herself, but he or she will teach it to other people as well. And so so it's continuation. In Urdu, we say sadka jariya. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we can translate that as. Uh, Continuity in in charity of charity, of charity. but uh, you know it's it's something that you pass on. You you have a good deed. You pass on to to someone else. They pass on on to someone else, 
and then that 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 domino effect as well how a lot of people um you know are, are benefited from this good thing as well and that's that's a, one of the ways in which we can receive blessings blessings from god almighty as well so that's you know that, that was a really beautiful way of linking two um, sub, um subjects today education <laughs> and blessings you know b- education is actually a way of attaining those blessings from allah the almighty mm. you know um regarding um g- good deeds and faith what yeah. uh, what does it even actually mean what is good deeds for us now uh you know it's it, it goes hand in hand isn't it when yes. we do good deeds we do good deeds because our faith also you know tells us to do these good deeds as well now in his friday sermon on the 19th of september 2014 his holiness hazrat mirza masrur ahmed who is the fifth caliph of the ahmadiyya muslim community uh, may allah be his helper he has said that 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 in the holy quran allah the exalted has placed good virtuous conduct mm-hmm. alone with faith now it's not just about it's not just about having faith or it's not just about doing good deeds mm-hmm. but also good deeds you know virtuous virtuous deeds good conduct that goes hand in hand with faith and then his holiness went on to say and good virtuous conduct is that in which there is not the least bit of discord or corruption mm-hmm. now remember he he said that remember that the actions of man are always set upon by 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 thieves What are these? These are ostentation, meaning that when a man does something for show, you know, sh- showing off to other people, and conceit, meaning that after having done something, he feels happy in his heart. Now, such happiness that comes from self-admiration. Uh, so, you know, it's 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 good to do. You know, if you do something good, it's good to feel happy. That's not what His Holiness is saying. His Holiness is saying that when you do something good, you think that you know. I am something. I have done this good thing, and you think that you are owed owed something from from other people. And then his holiness went on to say that, and all types of wickedness and sins that are done by him caused his actions to become falsified, negated. Now, good virtuous conduct is that in which there is not even the thought of any kind of excess or wrongdoing or conceit mm-hmm. or ostentation or arrogance. or disposition of the rights of human beings now this this is a very profound um you know uh, a quote of for from his holiness telling yes. us that it's, it's it's about good deeds but it's also about faith as well and when you're doing good deeds because of your faith because you only have one being to please and that is the being of god almighty if you're doing these good deeds because of him then you know you won't have conceit you won't have any sort of uh, um um negligence you won't have any sort of uh, ostentation or any sort of arrogance or mm-hmm. you won't infringe the rights of uh, other human beings as well so all of these things um are very important and it's important that we remember that good deeds with good deeds our faith comes comes in this uh, one as well isn't it yes now we've got a guest um who we're going to be speaking to our first guest for this part of the show the reverend the reverend Matthew Harbage who is a vicar of uh, St Paul's uh, Church and South uh, New Southgate peace be upon you good afternoon and welcome to the show I uh, peace be upon you good to good to be with you thank you thank you so much for for accepting our invitation as well now we're asking how can we instill the desire for acquiring god's blessings uh, in 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 believers now what does christianity say about this Brilliant. Well, just want to say first thank you for the invitation to join you again on uh, Voice of Islam Radio. Pleasure. Um, 
I think I think as a Christian, there's there's two things that we we encourage to point people towards. Mm. The first is cause and effect. Mm. That that God has ordained blessings and curses. That they that uh, we we inherit the Hebrew scriptures from our Jewish brothers and sisters, and mm. and there it talks about if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, then then life will be good. There will be well-being. There will be there will be causes of joy. So, mm. so that's the first, you know, is, is to instill, to encourage someone to want blessings, is to is to kind of point them and remind them that, that this is the way the world is ordered, cause and effect. Mm. Um, but the second is grace. Uh, as a Christian, I, I believe very much in Jesus Christ, who, who said, ask me anything in my name and I'll do it. And so there's a there's an invitation there for grace that that blessings can be found through asking, mm-hmm. um, and and God loves to to bless us. He loves to give us good things because we're His children. Now, um, this uh, coming to the first point, um, or just leading on from the first point that you mentioned as well, people are mostly mostly good. They do good good deeds, and naturally they they are good as well, and. But sometimes people think that because they do good things, that sort of um, excuses them or, or it's an excuse for, you know, the bad things that they do. It, it sort of uh, outweighs the bad things. So it, it's fine. They think it's fine in the overall scheme of things. D- why do you think that is? What, or is, this any, is there any truth to this in terms of uh, Christianity? Yeah, it's, good. it's a really good question because I think we we can all underestimate the power of, of self-rationalization. Mm. No, like you know, we want to be, we want to think of ourselves as good. We we want to be accepted. I think, uh, having recently become a parent, I'm very aware of how mm. I, I kind of I love my daughter with a with a you know a love that's just very very deep. But of course, as she grows up, she's gonna she's gonna look to me and say, you know, am I am I doing the right thing? And and whenever we do something wrong, I think we want to we want to hide it. We want to cover it up. Um, so. Mm very much kind of for, for Christians we, we talk about the power of confession mm-hmm. going to, sometimes to a priest sometimes people would come to me as a, as a vicar uh, to, to say you know these are the things that I'm struggling with in my life addictions or, or, or problems sin bad things and and then asking for, for, for prayer and and ultimately I have and this is a real joy as a, as a Christian priest is is I'm not the one who forgives them. It's God who forgives them, but I get to say, in the name of God, you are forgiven, and that is really powerful to hear another human being say, you know what, God still loves you, and God God will forgive you, and God has forgiven you mm-hmm. because you've confessed your sins, you've been honest to Him. Thank you. You know, um, with blessings, we all want to do good and gain those blessed blessings, but. We are unable to see those blessings being accumulated. How can we tell the people regarding that your blessings are being accumulated? Mm, that's a really good question. Yes. Yeah. Because some of these blessings, they're, they're in heaven. Like, I think that's shared with Islam, isn't yes. it? That mm-hmm. the good deeds we do, we don't see it immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think I think there it, it's uh, certainly certainly... When it comes to the, if you like, the heavenly reward, the reward we get on the other side of, of death, I think it, I think that is just simple trust. You know, I, I think that is just faith, maybe, to believe that. Um, but the the blessings that sometimes God gives us 
in our day-to-day lives, I think I think we don't always notice them because mm-hmm. we take things for granted so quickly. Right. Um, and I think I think for me as a Christian, I I sometimes pray and say, God, just help open my eyes so that I can see the good things and the blessings that You're giving me, mm-hmm. so that I can really appreciate it. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. sometimes looking at the media, you can feel really depressed looking at like Indeed. stories, news, and it just, you know, so much bad things going on. <laughs> but, uh, but sometimes those stories leave me with a feeling of just feeling very grateful that I do have, you know, I live in a reasonably safe country in a, in a, you know, quite a comfortable life, you mm-hmm. know, this, you know, I've got a roof over my head, you know, power, electricity. So sometimes it's just being grateful, going slowly and realizing the gifts, mm-hmm. the blessings already there perfect you know leading on from what you said um hope uh, hope me open my eyes you know um how does um a person's mental mental well-being uh, be improved by opening his eyes to, and asking god for help yeah yeah i think i think it is that thing on a very simple psychological level mm-hmm. i think it it's just um yeah being aware of the good things that we've been given but there is so there is such a joy of being able to hand things over to God in prayer, mm-hmm. to to be able to unload, unburden ourselves of all of the things that like you know can just wear us down and make us feel heavy. Um, knowing that God listens, knowing that God is always listening to us and and hears us. Um, and I think Indeed. I think the other way, the like the mental health side of things. Indeed, um, uh, God Almighty does listen to us. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And of course, sometimes he says, you know, when we ask for something, sometimes he says no, <laughs> you know, but he still listens, right? Yes. Um, so if, um, if any final words regarding blessings for our listeners today? Um, yeah, just just a final thought, really. I mean, I'm, I'm really passionate about um, peace. You know, global world peace, and as uh, as you may know, I've I've campaigned against um, the arms trade. You That's know, correct. From war, yeah, and and I just kind of think that when it comes to blessings, we, you know, th- there's a verse in the Bible that says about you reap what you sow. Mm-hmm. I think that as a as a nation and and as, pe- as citizens of the world, we we have to to kind of work against the. The, the forces that, that lead us towards war and, and profiting from war in things like the arms trade of mm-hmm. profiting from trading weapons. So I think that that kind of desire for, for sharing love and recognizing that we're all human beings, that we're all equal, that, that these things can really help us when it comes to, to really experiencing God's blessing, both for us and for our neighbor. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you so much uh, for enlightening our listeners regarding um, the beliefs of Christianity and your own knowledge regarding blessings. And hopefully our listeners have gained some extra knowledge from this today. That's really kind. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. That was very, very interesting uh, speaking to uh, the Reverend Matthew Harbage uh, over there as well. Um, Yes. And some some interesting things that that we actually got as well. Quite sim- you know, some similar things that we that we have in Islam as well. That you know, Correct. we 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 attain blessings. <laughs> we ask for God Almighty for you know for for blessings as well. Of, of course, you know we do good things, and we attain those blessings as well. Sometimes those blessings are given to us in this world, 
sometimes those blessings will be given to us in the hereafter, hereafter. as well. That's very And correct. this is a very common belief uh, about the hereafter that Christianity also has uh, as well. Um, so it, it is it is important. Now, we we were talking about uh, what His Holiness uh, said over there as well. Now, before we actually took, uh, took, took our guest on, the promised Messiah upon whom be peace, the Imam of the Age, the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, he mentions that if if there is even one person of good, virtuous conduct in the house, that house remains safe. So you should know that so long as you do not uh, do good deeds, only your belief will not help. Yes, that's really correct. That's very important. Right. For example, if if I say I'm Muslim, right, yeah. and my acts don't um, shadow it, also. Yeah. That that just being uh, just mere words, right? Me saying, okay, I'm a Muslim, I'm a Muslim, and Allah the Almighty has commanded, for example, not to drink alcohol mm. or eat pork or all, all, well, all the yeah. vices, right? And and I go out do those vices and say at the end of the day, no, I'm a Muslim, mm. and my belief and my conduct doesn't match up at all. Obviously, how can I gain those blessings then from mm. Allah the Almighty? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, the, the promised Messiah, upon whom be peace, gave you know an example as well. He said that, you know, if you just pr- if you just say that you're a Muslim, uh, if you just say that you're a believer, mm-hmm. but you don't, you know, just like you mentioned, uh, but you don't portray that, your actions don't uh, don't give out the same uh, message as 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 what you preach. Then then there's no point in that as well. And he said that, you know, there was once a a, a Muslim. He was telling a Jew. That you know, uh, I'm a Muslim, so you convert as well. You, mm-hmm. you you know, these are the teachings of Islam, and you convert into into Islam and become a Muslim. As a Jew, he he turned around and he said that look at your own actions first. You know, you do this bad thing, you do that bad thing. Don't just get happy because you call yourself a Muslim, and you're inviting me to become to become a Muslim as well. Look at look at yourself first. Mm-hmm. And then that Jew related his own example. He he related his own example. He said that you know, I I had a I had a son, and I called him Khalid. Mm-hmm. And but the next day I had to I had to bury him because he died. Yeah. Now Khalid in Arabic means one who lives for a long time, isn't it? Who lives for a very long time. Now if mere words, you know, mere words or names was you know if if that had something, um, you know, so, so if that hold weight if that holds weight, then why would why would my son die? Yes. In the same way, if we call ourselves Muslims, if we call ourselves Ahmadi Muslims or you know believers. But our actions are not the same. Then there's no point in you know just 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 signing your name on the paper and you know doing pledging allegiance. There's no there's no there, you know there's no there's nothing to gain from mere words basically. Yes, that's correct. Now um, with this, let's uh, let's you know swiftly move on to our next guest who is on the line with us, Iram Homayon, who is the president of the Ahmadiyya Muslim Women's Association in the Modern South chapter. Assalamualaikum, peace be upon you, and welcome to the show. Absolutely. I mean, now the concept, the first question is that, uh, that we want to ask you for the benefit of our, of our listeners to get some more insight in terms of uh, what Islam says for this. The concept of uh, blessings in Islam is such that when a believer does a good deed, the results are that the blessings one receives from Allah the Almighty. C- could you explain this concept in, in some more detail? Uh, yes, sure. I'll, I'm not a religious scholar, but in my foremost uh, knowledge, I'll tell you, I'll answer you of this question that uh, in my thinking in Islam, 
uh, I was saying in dictionary, baraka or uh, barakat or blessing means a, a kind of continuity of spiritual presence and revelation that begins with God and flows through that and those closest to God. So in Islam, we, in Arabic, we call it baraka or barakat. And uh, in, I think, one of the Islam's uh, main concepts it considers important for human prosperity is the concept of uh, baraka. It is divine blessing, I think, and it is the increase in quality and quantity of God's blessing via unseen ways of human life. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, barakat or divine blessing, in, um, because I'm an Hindu Muslim woman, so I'll talk about uh, um, around this uh, religion, Islam, that barakat is being given, it's a, it's a kind of attribute thing. Mm. And Allah Ta'ala's all, uh, most of the names of Allah Ta'ala are 99, some people say it's 99, some people, uh, I mean, in most of the others, we know that it, they are more than 99 attributes of Allah Ta'ala. Uh, most of them, they uh, consist up of this concept, Baraka, in different mm. ways. So uh, when we research in detail, we can understand that Allah Ta'ala, the God, the uh, God Almighty and the creator of this universe, give us uh, his divine blessing in different ways in our daily life. Mm-hmm. Now, the in order to, for, for any Muslim or for any believer to have uh, firm faith in God Almighty's blessings, that person need, you know needs to be taught about it at a, at a at a very young age at a young age as well so that they can understand yes, and ponder yes. upon these things as well now how can we teach our children from a young age about the about the about the about the values of uh, of blessings and the baraka that you're talking about yes certainly um i think uh, this starts from very young age the tarbiyat or the islamic education and training any kind of training must start at home especially this uh, kind of spiritual training. They must start, people must start this at home with their children from a very early age. Mm-hmm. When children actually are quite inquisitive, they are questioning about everything which they see or which they experience okay. and they uh, feel quite excited about learning things. Indeed. So we need to provide them uh, this uh, Islamic education for our children in order to raise them as good people and strong believers. So uh, in uh, we can start this from our daily life, a very small thing that like uh, your children, uh, most of the children nowadays have seen uh, that uh, they are very inquisitive and they are very excited about their own body organs, mm-hmm. like their eyes, their lashes, their hair and everything and other people's things, you know, physically, sometimes like uh, one year old or two year old. And you can tell them that, uh, look, you have very nice, very good eyes. And you can see things mm-hmm. because you've got these eyes. Otherwise, you couldn't see these beautiful uh, natural uh, scenery outside there or things. Or you couldn't see your mom and dad. So this is a blessing from Allah Ta'ala. Indeed. Allah, Allah Ta'ala bless you by this. So these small things start from uh, at home uh, with your in your daily life experiences. And then and the other example is that parents by themselves or elder uh, at home, mm-hmm. all the elders at home, they must discuss in a routine the blessings of Allah Ta'ala. Look, we are having very nice food or we are having some food outside of your own choice. So this is a barakat of Allah Ta'ala that uh, we can afford this and we can eat this. 
mm-hmm. and rather and sometimes giving them some examples of those uh, poor or needy people that are mm-hmm. uh, children of their own age that see they can't afford it so you need to um, uh, be very thankful and very grateful to allah taala and your god almighty your creator that he has blessed us with different things indeed this is i think this is the simple way You know, some people do argue regarding a blessing that they shouldn't be taught um, religion at such a young age. Uh, that's for their own good. So, and what is your opinion regarding this statement? <laughs> um, if you think honestly, a lot of things being taught nowadays, which shouldn't be uh, <laughs> taught in that early age, mm-hmm. uh, and they are very worldly things. So okay. why not the uh, blessings in good deeds? I mean, if somebody is atheist, I'm just giving an example, okay. not a religious person, and they are having their children, but still, the decorum of living in this society, in any society, okay. in any civilized society, should be like that. That uh, and which everybody agrees nowadays, uh, the developed countries and underdeveloped countries, all of them, that human rights, animal rights. right to other are mm-hmm. very important and Indeed. your duties are very important so you can teach them similarly in this uh, thing this idea of giving right to everybody their own right and uh, paying your own duties uh, fulfill your own duties responsibly so uh, and doing good deeds not doing mm-hmm. the wrong deeds or wrong things it can make a very nice big uh, good civilized society correct You know, uh, as we as we know, what are some of the ways a believer can feel or see that he or she has been blessed, and how can we tell this or explain this to our children that they have been blessed in in such in such way? Uh, mm, I mean, if it's just uh, you know, if you need to teach your children mm-hmm. from early age and even at your household, people, that's correct. You know. at your family people are uh, not only children but other people who are not that much uh, uh, those are not that much strong believers in good deeds or i mean reward system yes. and is this a natural thing in uh, every, uh, you you do something and you get a good reward um like you um so the soil mm-hmm. you know you put um um seed in the soil so what happens what you you put a lot of effort to grow um you know like a crop in it and at the end result you get a very good crop like um, i mean any edible thing or anything which mm-hmm. can help you to live your life in a better way so it's it's a reward it's a reward from creator because uh, um like in, in at normal way some people um put the seeds in the um, soil okay. but it doesn't grow but it doesn't grow mm-hmm. they don't get the results so if you get the accurate results you wanted it means you have been blessed in a way okay so should we then just do good deeds just for just so we can gain the blessings or just do them out of our natural habit um our natural instincts uh because allah taala allah taala said um, that uh, everybody is born on uh, the in the way of nature mm-hmm. and nature is always uh, neat and clean and pious and righteous allah taala uh, every human being in this world born with a 
a nature of Muslim. You can't. I mean, I'm just uh, describing. It's not the. These are the not accurate words. I'm saying. Okay. I'm not quoting. I'm describing. Okay. So everybody has a ni- good nature when they're born, but mm-hmm. the environment, the terbiyat, the training, educational and physical training, and their own environment and atmosphere changes their habits. So yes, mm-hmm. everybody is born with a good instinct. So they need to uh, they need to try to um, um, take help from that instinct which is naturally good and nice, and do as much as nice things you can, either you are a religious person or mm-hmm. not, and um, they can see in their daily life that they can they could get rewards very quickly and sometime later on their, in their life. Mm-hmm. But Allah Taala never ever uh, nobody can repent while doing uh, good deeds. At the end of the day. Zakula, sister, um, for joining us today and enlightening our listeners um, regarding Jazakumullah the blessings. Zakula, assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. So, so this was Sister Aram um, Humayu, who is a the president of the Ahmadi Muslims um, Women Association of um, Morton South area. Mm. You know, she um, um, when I was t- um, when we were speaking to her, and yeah. when she mentioned regarding blessings, you know, uh, it's it's about um, for for children especially, it's about training them from a, a young age, from a young age, to make them understand. Yes, you can gain blessings for doing such and such work, and to gain those blessings, you have to be thankful to Allah the Almighty of also. Course, then, of course, you know, because Allah the Almighty is the one who's providing um, <coughs> the blessings. I just remembered a incident of um, a companion of the Promised Messiah. Uh, and um, his name is um, Hazrat Ghulam Rasul Rajiki Sahib mm-hmm. and you know and he is such a pious person that he would um, say um, if someone came up to him and asked okay, that um, can you pray for me that if I pass my exam mm. and he would uh, stay uh, stated <laughs> there and then that you, yes you would pass or no sorry you would fail now this is uh, that's a connection which he had with Allah the Almighty mm. and he was able to tell at that very point it's like, it was like a um, like a light bulb switch, right? Yeah. If the light goes on, he will. He, it's like okay, yes, you passed. Okay, yes. If the light bulb didn't go on. It's like sorry, and and actually, it used to happen that way also. That and he they and would come. His acceptance of prayers was so acceptance of prayers was, was so, so high, strong. He was so strong that, you know, when he used to pray <coughs> there and then, and then he used, you know, God Almighty would uh, would tell him that Indeed. you know this is the answer. This is what's going to happen as well. You know, that's the thing uh, about the companions of the Holy uh, the Promised Messiah Islam and also the uh, companions of the Holy Prophet, mm. وسلم, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, mm. that they had such a connection with Allah the Almighty that they were able to t- tell um, um, people that okay, this is going to happen or that's going to happen, uh, and it's going to be happening such and such way. And mm. that that because Allah the Almighty was providing them with the guidance there and then. Mm. That's then and that's the blessing we should you know, remember and always strive to gain that um, connection with with Allah the Almighty. Also, I, I know it's it's a long struggle, right? It's a struggle which you can't gain in one day. Yeah, it's that's a struggle. What, that's very important. That's know? one very important thing. This this continue this um, sort of steadfastness. That's steadfastness. Yes. Steadfastness needs to be needs to be there as well. Indeed. And you know, with when we talk about when we talk about blessings, um, of course, you know, the one who received the most blessings mm-hmm. was of course the Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings oh, of Allah be upon him, the founder of Islam. Now, he. The, the way that he lived his life was so profound was so eloquent was so beautiful mm-hmm. now whatever aspect that you that you pick that you choose 
you will be amazed you know that how great was this example as well yes now it was it is out of this you know because of his status because of his rank mm-hmm. because of high how high and how profound his status actually was um we also pray for him in every single prayer that we have we have you know whenever <coughs> excuse me so we have the five daily prayers in islam right that's mm-hmm. one of the that's one of the pillars of islam salat which is five daily prayers now in every single prayer before we actually conclude the prayer we have this um, prayer which is called durud now in that durud um we're told in the holy quran to 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 durud is basically sending blessings, blessings. um uh, you know upon the holy prophet peace and blessings of allah be upon him mm-hmm. now when we do that we say Allahumma barik ala Muhammadin that the first part is Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin the second part is Allahumma barik ala Muhammadin and then the whole prayer you know goes along goes on as well now in this Allahumma barik this you know the two the two um because there's two prayers combined into one isn't it mm-hmm. the first prayer is for the holy i mean the whole prayer is for the holy prophet but the first part of the prayer is that oh allah you know the status of islam because of course the holy prophet peace and blessings of allah be upon him he brought the teachings of islam now in that the first part of the prayer is that we are praying that oh allah the status of islam may that you know exceed everything may mm-hmm. that increase may a lot of people accept islam may a lot of people you know see islam as the one true religion in this day and age who is actually still on its true core teachings as as well and more people accept islam as well the second part of the prayer is allahumma barik ala and the reason why i'm talking about this is because barik is you know comes from the arabic root letter of uh, bara and ka baraka now this is from blessings now that is specifically for the holy prophet peace and blessings of allah be upon him that oh allah the status of the holy prophet the way you know his acceptance in non-muslims mm-hmm. his real teachings may we understand that may his status in this world and in the next world may that increase as well and all of these things <coughs> which are related to him may his level just increase and surpass everything mm. and uh, this is the reason you know I mean, one of the main reasons why i'm mentioning this is because if we look at his example we can emulate that we can copy that and when we follow in his footsteps then we can also attain those blessings as well mm-hmm. and this is you know this is the reason why we're doing this show as well why we have dedicated this part of the show towards blessings the way in which we can achieve blessings and allah taala allah the almighty has mentioned that in the holy quran if you want if you say that you love me and you love the holy prophet then follow my example then follow my um footsteps as well and Indeed. then allah taala you know allah the almighty he will give you those blessings he will forgive you your sins and he will raise your status as well so for us to follow in the holy prophet's footsteps um that is the best way in which we can achieve blessings and Indeed. what you mentioned before as well that you know you need to stay steadfast the trials will come tribulations will come difficulty will be there but that difficulty those trials will only be there so that when you are faithful when you are steadfast then out of that the outcome would be would be good would be ease and the blessings as well allah taala will 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 shower you with that indeed you know from this i remember from steadfastness mm. a a story uh, of acceptance of prayer uh, and mm. it was um, regarding the third caliph of ahmadiyya muslim community has a mr nasr rahmatullah mm. and a member of the community wrote to um, azur 
um, His Holiness saying um, His Holy, um, Hazur, which, yeah. which means His Holiness, because yeah. that's the easiest way of narrating the story, right? When you mention the word Hazur, yeah. which, which means for our listeners, His Holiness. So uh, we have been trying f- uh, for such and such long time to conceive a child, but Allah the Almighty hasn't blessed us with a child. Mm. And sometime later, a reply came through saying that this is the name. And it, it will and it will be a son, right? Mm. And after that, Allah the Almighty um, bestowed them um, with a son. Um, and then when they went to Germany to meet His Holiness, and there and then he 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 was holding their hand and said, "Oh, your such and such brother, and your such and such brother will um, where where are they?" And afterwards, Allah the Almighty blessed them with two more sons. After that, mm. you know, this is the um, the, the acceptance of prayer of uh, of uh, of the of Khulafa of the Caliph. Of of the, the Caliph. Yeah, exactly. They, so that's why we, we are so blessed to have the guidance of His Holiness in in in, in today's world that they, we are able to look up to um, him and say, okay, we need help in this. Or we write to him for guidance, mm. and when when he writes back saying, okay. Um, Pray longer, okay, and inshallah, it, this will happen. Mm. God will, this will happen. Mm. And actually, it does happen over time. And I've seen it with my own eyes that the prayers do get accepted. And the, they're so close to Allah the Almighty that their prayers are listened. So, um, I, I, and I was, you know, surprised. Even uh, I don't find, I'm not finding the correct words of how to explain it properly right now. Because mm-hmm. when I witnessed this, right, I was young still, I was in my. Uh, late teens, 17, uh, 16, 17 years old, mm. being such a young age, and uh, obviously when you see those blessings being um, given out um, by Allah the Almighty and the, to your close ones also, right? And you you get surprised. Well, Allah the Almighty does bestow His blessings upon uh, His people, and then when we say, uh, as we mentioned, it's the steadfastness. It's the steadfastness. It's a steadfastness. It's, it's a continuity of praying towards Allah the Almighty. I was mentioning a story regarding a old um, um, teacher who was praying for such a long time mm. that the student asked him, "Why do you pray even while your prayers are not being accepted?" And the the the, the master replied, "My work is to pray. Mm. His work, meaning Allah the Almighty, his work is mm. to provide." Yeah. And after that, um, Allah the Almighty showed His mercy upon him. Right. That's why we also when we when we say Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, mm. in the name of Allah, the Most Gracious. The merciful, so he he bestowed him with his mercy and accepted all his prayers after that, and this. But he he was praying, but the effort he had put in for such a long time. Mm. <coughs> sorry, that that was the main thing, and you know as we have even mentioned, um, as Ghulam Rasulajik Sahib, how he was able to tell you there and then the blessings. Okay, this will happen to you. These are the blessings we should be accounting to, and also. They are taking advantage of the, of these members of of the community also sometimes. Absolutely, I mean, yeah, I mean, it goes without it goes without saying that steadfastness, and f- having firm faith, and of course, good deeds are you know, I mean, this is sort of the formula yes. in achieving these uh, blessings as well. But um, to s- tell us a little bit more in regards to this as well, let's speak to our next guest, Kamar Ahmed Zafar, who is an Imam, a missionary of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. Assalamualaikum, peace be upon you. Peace be upon you. Thank you for having me today. Yeah. Thank you so much for for for, for uh, accepting our invitation as well. Um, to begin with, we've we've touched upon this as well, but we want to get, of course, your insight in regards to this as well. How do we, as individuals, attain blessings? Okay, um, <laughs> interesting question. Um, it's 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 interesting that we say to attain the blessings. 
because we don't have to look far to realize that we, we already have quite a lot hmm. of nothing around us. Um, and I think before we even think about how we, how we can get more, we need to first establish and recognize that we already have them. And I'm, I'm not just saying this off the top of my head. It's actually a principle that God Almighty reminds us in the Quran. It says that if you give thanks, then I will definitely increase you for in, in your blessings. And yeah. this is really important. This is actually in chapter one, 14. Um, and, and it's, it's pinpointed on the fact that in order for someone to gain blessings, we first need to be grateful and aware of the blessings that we already have. Mm. Now, this is really important. Uh, if we look at the Arabic word for blessing, which I'm sure you've already discussed it, mm. is baraka. And baraka uh, means a multitude of things. One In one way, it means growth and increase. In mm. another dictionary, you'll find it to mean continuity. In another lexicon, you'll find it to mean something which provides you uh, a stable sort of lifestyle. So this is really important. These are the kinds of things, by the way, that we're talking about when we ask for barakah. When we ask for blessings, we're asking for something which gives us continuity, it, it increases us, it gives us growth. And therefore, we know that because this specific verse of the Quran has said that I will give you, I will increase you, if you give thanks. So therefore, we know that one way to receive barakah is to be increased. How do we do that? We must be grateful for the little things, for the smallest things in our life. Mm. You know, we take for granted sometimes, unfortunately. And it just, all it takes is to look at things from a different perspective. And you might already realize that you started the morning perhaps not being aware of them. And by the end of the day, you're aware of so many more blessings that you have. And that's just an automatic way to, to kind of... Um, access more blessings because they're right there you just need to know that they are i think that's pretty much yeah. the baseline way to do that absolutely absolutely now in terms of you know realizing i mean attaining also but uh realizing that we already have a lot of blessings as well and being thankful being grateful to allah Ta'ala, be to god almighty as well how can we encourage ourselves and uh, you know our family members our loved ones as well that you know, sometimes the blessings that we have, they may be invisible to the naked eye, but the, we need to make sure that that doesn't lead us um, to the wrong path. Okay. Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a good question. I mean, I think what it is with this is I would be careful to kind of almost ascertain or, or attribute this to a religious shortcoming. I think it's more psychological. And the reason why I say that is because, yes, to some extent, uh, Although I wouldn't agree that blessings are necessarily in, invisible, hmm. um, like some kind of superpower, <laughs> but like, they are some. They are in many ways things that we don't get straight away. Hmm. And this is the slight way I would differentiate it, because uh, the reason why I say it's psychological is nowadays, especially a lot of the youth, you know, including the, the ones that are millennials, um, growing up in a society <laughs> where everything is about instant gratification, everything's yeah. about. I want to do something now and I want to see the reward for it right now. Literally. In fact, yeah. if I had it my way, I don't even want to have to put effort in. I want, to, I want to see the reward for it. And this is the cycle of life that we've begun to live now, which is very different to the life we used to live. Mm. Before, it was all about if you want to eat, you've got to go out and hunt. If you want to you know, have any kind of sustenance, you want to have control over your land, you're going to have to defend, you're going to have to go to war. All of these things were things that they physically had to do to get results. Nowadays, without touch of a button, you can order food to your house. You can turn on entertainment, which will keep you happy for hours. All of these things are giving us quick results without us having to put in much effort. So, yeah, naturally speaking, this is psychologically wired in the brains of many people. To When they think of 
blessings and like, oh, you know what, I'm going to have to pray for that. I'm going to have to be patient for that. I'm going to have to struggle for that. Their, their brains don't um, accept that. They're, they're not inclined towards that because mm. why should they? It's so much of a harder process. But here's the thing, right? We spoke about Baraka right in the beginning, that it is something, according to Lexicon, which is continuous. And it's something which puts you in a stable place. So the Baraka that we're talking about here isn't the same kind of reward that you might get out of a what we call a, a dopamine rush, something which is short-lived, a short-term success, um, which often actually leads to long-term depression because you're so used to getting wins at short intervals that your long-term goals actually aren't there. Hmm. So with Baraka, when we talk about blessings and we do something over a long time, the results of that are much more longer-lasting. They're much more sustainable. We know one perfect example of this, and this is where we will kind of will hit home with us, is that it's not something that I would say is for everyone. Yeah, you need to have a strong heart for this. If you actually want blessings, you need to have some gut about you. You need to have some courage about you. And we can see that through all of the examples of the prophets. And one that sticks in my mind at this very moment is the example of Prophet Joseph, alayhi salam, his fathers, his brothers, and how, if, if you know about the story, mm. you know, first he was basically taken away from his parents, and for many, many years, yeah. His parents had no clue as to really exactly what had happened. They were only given glad tidings by God. You know, if you're patient, be patient. You're going to over time see that you, you know, your son and you will be successful. But mm. the thing is, what happened after that for many years, everything went against that. It seemed like there was no hope for them. It seemed like even Prophet Joseph was imprisoned even at a point. Mm. And everything seemed like from the logical point of view, it seemed like no, this not worth it. What are we doing this for? But because they persevered and they were aware of the concept of patience, perseverance, baraka. At the end of the day, they were bestowed a governance, a what we call a, a leadership, which, you know, lots of nations after them remember with awe. And, but that required a certain kind of effort and, and patience. So yeah, you're right. I think for our youth, for them to understand this, they need to realize that going for quick wins, trying to aim for instant gratification will make you happy in the moment but it's going to wire your brain in a way to to basically just do that. And when you're when you're done when you when you're done with that, you when you look at your long-term goals and everything else, there's nothing there, and that actually doesn't lead to any kind of long-term happiness, which is the opposite of Baraka. So yeah, this is how I think. If if, if we can realize this, the youth, whoever they are, the elderly doesn't matter. If we can realize this, that long-term effort pursued gratification, prolonged gratification, brings about better results. Psychologically, if we change this, we will realize how important it is to seek those kinds of blessings instead. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very very well uh, put there as well. Um, I mean, we're coming towards the, the the latter part of our show as well. Just Maybe just one more question uh, to you as well. That, you know, I mean, it's just leading off from what you previously just said. In order to encourage the younger generation, you know, the the, the millennials maybe, and mm. to do good deeds, and of course the, new, the next generation as well, to perform mm. good deeds and actions as well, how can we make sure that they actually believe in, in blessings in the first place? This is actually a good, a good point as well. I think, first of all, we need to know that the Holy Quran has mentioned quite a few different ways to gain blessings. Mm. And it only really takes someone to properly implement those practices sincerely to see their results come in sooner or later. And that's just the principle of life with everything. Right. Um, 
But what are those things? You need to first have the knowledge of those things and then try it and then be able to see, did it work or did it not work? And we know in, in principle that the Quran says, you know, that everything you do with the, everything you do, as long as you, you, you say it, do it with the remembrance of God, you do it for the purpose of God, that thing will in result be blessed. For example, that's one thing. Then the Holy Quran speaks about the fact that in chapter 7, that if there were a people, had they believed, we would have opened upon them blessings from the heavens and the earth. Mm. This is another principle saying that if you're a believer, then the result of that will be that you will gain blessings. So that's another way to do it. Another way to do it, the Quran declares itself as a book full of barakah, of blessings in chapter 38. So according to that, in principle, somebody who follows the Quran in principle should also be gaining blessings. And we've already spoken about the fact that someone who's grateful, according to the Quran in chapter 14, they will also gain these blessings. Mm. All we need to do, after knowing these principles, is look back in history, look at the people who actually implemented these values into their life and see what happened to them. And you won't take too long to realize that the people who did this, whether it was the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the, the Rashidun Khulafa and, and the Ashab that were in his time, the companions, and of course in, in today's age, the Promised Messiah alayhi salam and his companions, and I think the previous caller actually alluded on this slightly, practically speaking, the proof is in the pudding. That's it. It worked for them, and inshallah, for anybody who tries it, implement it in their life, it will work for them as well. And, but like I said, it's, it's, it requires gut, it requires courage. It's something that is not going to be easy. 100% you're going to need to put effort in it. And that's, that's the most important thing. It requires a change of mindset, a change of lifestyle. And that's not easy. You know, um, in this day and age, um, even for me personally speaking, you know, when I look back at the small changes that I've made as I've pursued my education, my spirituality, it's the small things that we do in Islam that help us change our lifestyle, whether it's offering our five daily prayers, hmm. whether it's doing the things that the Holy Quran teaches us. Um, like I said, following the Sunnah, whether it's like waking up early in the morning, for example, doing your own chores, all of these things subsequently bring results. And they're, they're not the kind of results that you have to wait uh, for the afterlife, for example, hmm. or you have to wait two years. Because let me tell you this, the kinds of things that we're talking about here, these kinds of changes, if you bring them in your life, you will see that your personality will develop, your mindset will develop, and because of that, things will start changing around you for good. Because you will have a more resilient mindset, a more positive mindset. When we talk about barakah, we talk about blessing. When you're somebody who's consciously waiting for it, you're waiting for God to bless you, then you know that even if at times in your life, things happen and they don't go your way and things happen and seemingly wasn't fair, you know that that is part of the journey that you need to take to get to the blessing. And then you take that whole journey with a positive sense. And that's why I said that is in itself a blessing. That whole change of mindset is in, enough for someone to know this is going to work for me. I can yeah. get through this. Absolutely. But yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, the way you put it, I'm sure that, you know, especially the youngsters would uh, definitely benefit from, I mean, all of us as a whole, but especially the youngsters better to understand what Baraka and Barakat, the blessings, what that actually means and how to at attain that as well. Uh, Kamar Ahmed Zafar, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute uh, pleasure speaking to you. And uh, thank you so much. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. So, you know, the, all of our guests uh, today, uh, you know, I mean, uh, spoke about uh, spoke about this uh, in a very, very, very nice, very eloquent manner as well. And uh, a nice way to conclude 
um, the show as well, uh, what uh, Kamar Ahmed Zafar, a missionary and imam of the Ahmadi Muslim community, as she spoke about as well, um, the 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 way to attain those blessings as well, isn't it's it? It's all so about it's continuity. Important. It's all about that, yeah. Um, continuity, good deeds, uh, having faith in God Almighty, you know, practice what you preach, and uh, all of these good things are, are very much, you know, go hand in hand um, with, you know, attaining blessings as well. And of course, you know, following the footsteps, following the footsteps of previous prophets and the pious people as well, of course, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him as well. Um, Zakallah Saad, for, you know, it's always a pleasure uh, to present with Zakala. you as well. Zakallah to the uh, the technical department as well, Akib Ahmed, and of course the producers and the research as well, Anam Mahmood, and the other uh, researchers and everyone who was involved. Until next time, Assalamu alaikum wa